everyone. Welcome to the Life of Education podcast. Hi. So today we're here with Sebastian Aguilara and you are the chairman and the founder of Simply FI. That's right. Yeah. You're also an engineer by nature and uh, you have a master's in engineering. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. So one of the reasons that we wanted to bring you on today is that we had obviously Andrew Hallam and we have Steve Cronin on the podcast and we were talking a lot about um, becoming financially independent with uh, fitness professionals and with everybody in general and we wanted to bring you here to talk about well what happens after you become financially independent. So maybe before we start you can tell everybody about your background and who you are and, and how you got here and how you got to creating Simply FI which really was from zero to 2,500 members. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Carly. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for having me here. Um, Always a pleasure. It's an honor, really. Um, I haven't had the chance to talk about any of this with many people yet. Um, so thanks for the invite. Um, yeah, so um, we, we started Simplify a few years ago um, simply because there was a massive gap uh, in the UAE around financial education, especially for expats. Um, and we noticed that there was um, uh, a lot of people falling into the traps of uh, savings plans sold by advisors and so that was the trigger uh, it all started because I signed up on one of those and so I invested for, with them for a while um, made a massive loss $20,000 oh, really? um, mm -hmm. right when the market was was, was going up massively um, 20000 as opposed to uh, compared to what I would have had if I had invested um, the simple um, the simple way that we're doing now and that we're promoting with, with the group um, so that's uh, for me that's the cost of learning um, uh, but that's um, a, a huge cost. Yeah, I listened to you. Um, you were one of the guest speakers recently at Unwind the Grind, and uh, I was listening to your story and about you explaining to everybody about losing that much money. It's a lot of money, particularly when you convert it into dirhams. It's almost a hundred thousand dirhams just to lose like that uh, from a plan that you assume is going to help you save and assume is going to do the opposite of what it does, um, and then to to come out of that with a huge loss. Yeah. How did you deal with that? Um, it wasn't that bad, actually, um, because by the time I pulled out of the plan, I had already started the other one, uh, my own way of investing, uh, which we call DIY. Uh, and we follow an approach called the Bogot Heads approach, which is um, fairly known in the US, but uh, that needs more uh, more awareness about uh, outside. Um, and it's really... Um, uh, it's, it's simple and it's effective and it helps you invest... Uh, yeah, very easily, um, and and Steve and, and Andrew told you all about this. So I mm -hmm. guess uh, for those who want to know more, go, go back to those episodes. Um, but um, yeah, once once my plan, my own DIY was uh, on the way, uh, I realized that even if I had lost, I was gonna be making so much better uh, with my own plan. Mm -hmm. um, and those twenty thousand is really what I paid the financial industry, right? Um, uh, for not knowing yeah and it took me it took me some time it took me a year to realize uh, how bad it was uh, and then it took me another what year to, to to really pull out of it um, and let go because there was this fear of loss obviously mm. I wanted to ask you what was the what was the moment where you realized oh this isn't working what was that trigger for you did you meet somebody who explained it to you did you were you reading a lot about it what was that yeah um, so it's a combination of doing research um, around index investing and passive investing um, and realizing that costs matter um, and then diving deep into those savings plan realizing how much uh, the fees were uh, and the fees are hidden um, they're difficult to understand and although here and there you could see it's one percent management fee uh, overall in total it, it amounts to four to six percent in most cases um, and that makes a huge difference um, over the lifetime of someone who invests, um, say, $10,000 a year. Um, uh, let's imagine that's for 40 years. Over, over, over that period of time, it can um, mean, make, make a difference between having a certain amount of money and four times that amount. Um, so so that's, that's the importance of those fees. And that, that's something most people don't realize. Right. Um, 
So does, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it does. It okay. does. So you were researching a lot at the time yeah. and you kind of figured that this wasn't going to work for you. So then you flipped over to DY Investing yeah. and you've been doing that. So I heard you discuss you've been doing that for seven years now, right? Yeah, um, a little less, six years Okay, because uh, it took me a while to start. Okay. Yeah. And now um, you're financially independent? That's right. Yeah. Amazing. How does that feel? <laughs> um, good. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously it's been a journey. Yeah, so it's... Yeah you know that you're heading in that direction. Seven years is, to be honest with you, it's actually not a lot of time. Um, yeah, how did you do that? Um, so it's a combination of um, what I call uh, growing the gap, which is increasing earnings and reducing expenses, so increasing the savings, uh, and, then, and then this knowledge about investing, which is pretty straightforward. So you really need to know how to invest, and then the other side is how to um build a life that suits your needs mm -hmm. and um and really understand uh, what the value is of everything you actually spend money on uh and and weight that against that future freedom that you may have one day um and for me that was that yeah as as i progressed basically initially my first uh forecast were telling me i need to work for 25 years right so that when i first realized that i could do this um and then as you progress you realize that actually doing better than the forecast but also that there's things that you value less than that actual freedom from having to do exactly what your boss is telling you to do on a daily basis um, yeah, that's what I want to get to and like then gradually you just make that forecast better or you get closer faster essentially so once you're on the trip or once you're on, on that journey it goes faster than expected it snowballs yes yeah yeah so what was the first motivation way back before you started saving like what what were you trying to achieve at the very beginning why would somebody bother wanting to do a small investment plan yeah. to build for the future um initially was what triggered all this is obviously and i'm an expat and i came over here and there's no pension plan uh, and i was looking at ways of contributing back in my home country which is belgium and the options were limited and i wasn't too happy with them so started saving for my pension so forecasting things until i'm 65 um and and that's when i realized well i you know the more i save the more i will have at 65 and there was a point where it was just i'd have millions and millions i was like i don't need millions and millions so i can probably stop earlier mm -hmm. uh, so my first um calculations yeah showed me that i had you know i didn't have to work for the last 10 years of that working life so 50 55 was my first estimate and then it came down gradually, yeah. but it was the pension, right, the lack of security, really, that was uh, that, that triggered all this. Yeah. So then, once you start saving, you see the money. What What are you thinking? You think you're going to retire earlier? You think you're going to travel the world? Are you thinking? Yeah. Um, it was mostly deciding how much I had to save as a minimum to get to a number that I'm comfortable with at yeah. 65. Uh, and then, yeah, at first the, the the idea was that the rest could be spent. Um, uh, and I was lucky enough that I was earning okay and I had a simple life that I didn't actually was saving a bit more than what mm -hmm. I really needed to get there yeah uh, and so the discussion was what to do with the remainder and um, yeah I just put it in as well are you still working nowadays in, um, in your job I don't have a paid job yeah no. yeah I've heard that you recently um, you resigned from from your role yeah. you're working in the energy industry yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah so I I worked as a consultant in energy management, um, and I stopped uh, four months ago now. And do you mind me asking how old you are? 33. 33. Yeah. And is that you retired? Um, I don't know if I can call it retirement. It's financial independence. Yeah. Um, but it's not only that, it's also now I'm not working. That's right. Yeah. I don't Sebastian, have to. Sebastian, that number, <laughs> like you're 33. <laughs> That's amazing. Congratulations. Honestly, it's amazing. Yeah, there's a bit of luck in all this as well, but um, no, it, it is young. It yeah. is young compared to It's very to young. So, okay. So now if if everybody, obviously these are things that everybody wants to aspire to. Everybody doesn't want to have that looming like, oh, I have to work until I'm like 70 or until I'm 65 because I have to. So what's the point of all of it? Why do people want to be financially independent aside from like the stress off your shoulders? So I think stress is a big thing. Um, in, in the consulting industry, there can be a lot of stress. So that's definitely a motivation to say, well, if I get to that point, I don't have to stress about all of this anymore. Um, and, and although you've, 
you, you, most of the time when you are in the industry, you work as if that was the best thing you could do with your time and energy and um, the best way you could contribute to a, a better world or to do something good with your life. Um, um, there's typically other things you would want to do instead. Um, and um, so, so um, what kind of things was it that you wanted to do? Right. So uh, the motivation can be basically having, um, you know, the freedom not to have to stress every day, but also I think having more choices. Um, and that, that can be, that can go from um, traveling with your family or taking care of, of people around you, family or, or a baby boy. Um, we're having a, a baby soon. You're having a baby. Yeah. Congrats. Um, and so it's perfect timing that basically we will be there to spend, you know, time all the time that we need to with, with, with him yeah. in his early years. And there's no stress about having to go back to work. Um, th there's, there's, there's other kind of stress, not like stress disappears. Um, but uh, it, it gives options. It gives me options. It gives me the the right to decide what I do with my time. Yeah. Um, uh, and Which whether it's paid or not is sort of irrelevant now. And so that's that's the biggest difference. Mm. Uh, I, people can't really buy my time that easily anymore. Yeah. Because right? I don't really need the money. Yeah. That's yeah. the key. That's the key difference. So now, how are you spending your time? And what what are you going to do now for fulfillment moving forward? Because the simply FI, that's simply financial independence. That's what that stands for. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's a Facebook group. It's it's a community. Yeah. Um, around the Facebook group, because that's where it's most active. It's uh, it's just a group of volunteers, um, like me or Steve, and and we have a few team members there in, in, in the organization team, um, and we just. We're just there to help, yeah. uh, uh, and we and we run educate. meetups. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so we we educate via uh, meetups. We give presentations on all of these aspects of of uh, of investing, but financial independence uh, and uh, other sides of personal finance. Um, and and then we encourage people to help each other, uh, and we welcome uh, people to share their own experience. So it's not unless only us sharing our knowledge or experience. Mm -hmm. It's also bringing in people from outside uh, to talk about how to do this better and and why to do it right so um and yeah so steve and and, and andrew are excellent at, at, at talking about this i think i'm uh, i've been speaking about investing uh, uh for a while now and i'm happy to speak about the next step which is why are we doing this yeah uh, exactly what's the purpose mm. exactly um, what's the deeper meaning behind it all right yeah yeah uh, um yeah. so what's that for you um I think it's really taking back control um, over my own life first, but also then helping my family, um, um, uh, being there for others. Um, and it's being able to disconnect from um, that concept that I need to get paid to do something. Um, so it's kind of a, a big life hack mm -hmm. um, because you disconnect yourself from from that um, capitalist way of um, telling people what to do because they're getting paid for it. Yeah. Right. So. So instead, you're choosing to do the things that you enjoy and mm -hmm. the things that bring fulfillment into your life. Yeah. Yeah. So it it does trigger big questions because as you get closer, the big question is, okay, what am I going to do next? Um, and there's no one to tell me what to do anymore, so I need to decide myself. All of a sudden, you are fully responsible for what you do with your time. You can't just say, well, that's my job, you know, or I'm sorry, I can't be there because I'm going to be at work. No, it's I'm sorry, I can't be there because I've chosen to do something else. Um, all the decisions become much more intentional. Um, it, it, In a way, it puts pressure on you to, to think through things more carefully. Uh, it forces you to ask yourself the, some of the most important questions, I would say, which is, all right, what am I doing on this planet and wh what am I going to do with all this well, with my energy with my time with my life um, now that I don't have to be in the rat race all right, the time right yeah. I don't really have that excuse that a lot of people mm. well I think while you're in the rat race you can make intentional choices right and we can talk about that a bit, a bit later um, uh, but once once you've decided that you're not part of that anymore then you have no choice but but to ask those questions and, and try to find answers. And that's typically looking at, okay, what, what brings me fulfillment? Uh, what keeps me going? Um, is, it, is it a passion? Is it, you know, am I happy just sitting on my couch and watching TV all day? 
Uh, and that could be the answer for some people, right? So it's not like um, there's, there's no perfect answer. You don't have to go and save the world all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. um, although that's maybe what I'm looking at now because um, I think it comes with a big, uh, being in this, in this situation brings, um, also comes. A bit of responsibility I'm getting bit. from you. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, and that's maybe how I see it. Um, but it doesn't have to be like that. Um, the, I know people who are financially independent and just just go around and have fun, and yeah. that's fine. That's totally okay, right? Uh, so, what do you feel is the responsibility that's that you want to take part in? Is this continuing um, to educate people about financial independence? There's yeah, there's there's a, there's quite a few options. Um, and just to come back to the options, it's really there's if if you get to that position early enough and and you've been able to do what you've done um this, well there's a part of me that's telling me i could do i could pick to really go and do anything because i have time and i think i can learn still um uh, so deciding exactly what that's going to be doesn't have to be based on what i've been doing so far obviously mm -hmm. that's that's an easier way right saying well i've been building this this group um um i could choose to just go into that full time expand it to to the limit help as many people as I can in that specific area, but that would be helping the rich get richer, um, which is a little strange because at the same time it's helping a lot of common people just you know freeing their own time to maybe yeah. do better yeah. things. So there's a bit of that, uh, but I could also decide to go back and take a PhD in, uh, in something really important that would help you know well, save the world or You already whatever. have two it's, master's it's degrees, don't you? <laughs> but, you know, so what? That's, that's mm -hmm. just the past, right? It's kind of... Um, and looking forward, the options are almost infinite. So it's finding what what matches me, or finding what matters most to me, and then where I could there would be a good personal fit. That's that's the, the big question right now. Yeah. So earlier, before we we started the podcast, you and I were talking about this graph that you had sent me, and it was basically um, it's almost like a, a needs hierarchy. And we were discussing the need to feel to have housing and the need to have safety and to have security. So can you go through that with everybody and what that looks like step by step? Yeah. Um, and where financial independence sits within that that hierarchy yeah i'm sure um so that that pyramid or hierarchy of needs um um is something that doesn't come from me obviously but um is I'm that the maslow is that similar to maslow yeah hierarchy of needs? that's yeah. that's where it starts yeah yeah um, sure and i've sort of created my own little version of it cool and it's work in progress and so I, you know i'd like to get your feedback as well if, if if we have the chance to talk about that but it's basically looking at the yeah the realizing that we need to to, to fulfill the main basic needs and these are food shelter air rest um uh security safety these are probably the second level but also love and belonging family friends being part of a group um, um community community etc these are sort of the, the main things that <coughs> as as western expats um we normally have it simply because it's been given to us by our parents and the environment in which we've we grew up, um, so we take it as a, as a given, but it's still something to recognize. Um, and then the self-esteem, which most of us professionals that are achieving something um, already are pretty good with that as well. And then there's finally there's um, self-actualization, and I've added a few, there's, there's a couple of other levels there. Um, what have you added? Co cognitive, I think, and aesthetic. It comes from a different model. Uh, but if it's quite there, quite well there, I'm not really sure how to play with those yet. But what's really what's really important is that to get to self-actualization, to be able to get to doing something that's bigger than yourself, I yeah. think you need to have a certain level of comfort or a certain level of fulfillment in those basic needs. Um, and the reason we're talking here today, uh, it's because those needs are met. Uh, in one way or another, mm -hmm. uh, to a certain level, and it helps so us do that, right? Having yeah. conversations, interesting conversations, and you guys helping the community. Um, uh, it, it means we're already there in in the self actualization piece, working on that. And I think that's what looking for the this. next step. So yeah. basically, just to recap, the the first f stage is really about your physical needs, and then the yeah. second stage are your emotional needs, like building community and love and trust and yeah. all of those things. And then it's the altruistic: what are you going to do with your life? How are you going to find meaning? And uh, those. That's right. Is that yeah. right? Did yeah. I get that right? Yeah, yeah. So 
there's I think on my pyramid there's seven levels, but if you simplify them, it's something like that. And so the highest level is really, um, yeah, self-actualization transcendence, which I don't really know what it means, but it's it's up there. It's something to explore. Um, and then, yeah, to come back to those elements, the foundational elements, the, the main needs. Um, I see, um, I see, you know, food, shelter, and security, safety. These are key things. I also see, I also see uh, physical fitness mm -hmm. as as a core part yeah. of, of those needs. Maybe as a you know second level. Right? Once you've been, once you've secured food and and housing, and you, you're safe and secure, and not you know you're not you know you're not living fear all the time. You can start taking care of yourself. Yeah, uh, that is your physical health, but also your mental health. Um, and and then you can take care of, of your finances because that takes care of the rest, right? So mm -hmm. that's how I see. Um, so you uh, put physical fitness and finance on the same level. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and finance is um, it's kind of it kind of comes across, but so does uh, physical fitness. Of course, fitness. I think because both of them, what's there was a really interesting analogy that Andrew said to us a few weeks back about when you're looking after your finances and when you're developing this financial independence model, you're really looking after the 80-year-old version of you. And when you're looking after your health and fitness as well, you're also doing the same. You're looking after the version of you that's 60, that doesn't want to have arthritis, that wants to be really mobile, that wants to play with your kids, that doesn't want to be overweight. Um, so as much as you're looking after the person that's here and now, it's also a very futuristic, I'm looking after the me of tomorrow. So I think both of those tie in quite well because you are looking after the financial the financial version of you that in 60 years time doesn't want to be sitting on the poverty line or doesn't want to be like millions and millions of people who retire and they have nothing um, and same thing with the the health version of you and when we look at the health statistics of today it's just astounding most people end up with some form of non-communicable disease uh, whether that's like heart disease or whether it's some cardiovascular problem uh, so to be able to to think about those things now Go, I'm going to look after the me now so that I don't get sick or so that I do have some financial um, independence in my future. There's also that same right. thing about most older people. I don't know what the status was. I was chatting to one of my colleagues during the week. He wasn't quite sure enough, but he, he was estimating about 60% of people in the U.S. don't have money to deal with some sort of crisis or some sort of yeah. financial surprise element in their life. I, I listened to a statistic the other day and it was it was saying that most, the, the majority of the people within the US cannot get um, uh, $5,000 if something happens. Yeah, they they don't thing. have the means to, to take out $5,000. Yeah. And what's really interesting as well, I listened to this other statistic and I know that this is relevant for women, but, but it was saying basically that 70 percent of women when they get to retirement age have nothing as opposed to their their counterparts men who in a very different statistical kind of field uh, a lot more men end up with with at retirement with something and the majority of women don't so for me as a woman it's almost like a slap in the face like I need to like think about this stuff now yeah. otherwise you're going to end up being a statistic um, and that's scary particularly with with where everything is today. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. And you've touched on quite a few things there. And um, uh, two aspects that really speak to me is uh, taking care of your future self. That's such a good uh, way of looking at it. And both physically and financially, but I think also mentally and emotionally, that these are really important aspects of, of you, but in the future and that needs to be taken care of right now. Um, uh, and again, I put them together because I see them as 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 core part of how we can, um, f yeah, um, be better, and, and then find fulfillment in the long run, right? But we need to get the foundation right, uh, and looking at the far future and saying, this is me, you know, in in, in a few decades, and that's the guy I'm taking care of right now. And I think that's that's very powerful. Um, and the other aspect is, yeah, um, uh, the, the role of women in this. Um, um, and I think we just need more female voices to yeah, uh, it's, form it's female scary. role models. Um, but but in investing, one example is in investing, we, women tend to be a lot better than men. It's just that I think fewer of them are actually investing. But once they are, they tend to be better because uh, they just stick to the plan. They're you know better at, at sticking to the plan. Yeah, I read the guys same are thing. Mm. guys are egotistical. Ooh, I know yeah, better. Macho, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll play this game. I'll beat the game. Whereas women just. Um, 
just do what they're instructed to do. They understand well, it. They know what they're doing. They understand the plan and they, they stay the course. Yeah. I, I don't know how accurate this is. And I think we're probably digressing a little bit, but mm. I think, and again, I don't know how accurate this is, but this is my sentiment to this. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think for women over the last, like society has changed massively in the last like 10, 20, 30 years, things have changed so much. And I remember my mom and this never has never left me, but I remember my mom telling me that when she grew up, her family used to sit by the radio, by the radio and listen to the radio. And then we fast forward to when I was growing up and we used to sit by the TV. And then you fast forward and now people are like talking to their homes and are always on their phone. And your phone is the smartest thing in the world. It does everything for you. Like everything you can transfer money you can take out money you can pay for things you can have things delivered we don't even need to leave and in in talking just about women in particular I think um, our roles have changed a lot so when my mum was growing up the thing that you did as a woman is you got married and somebody else looked after you and that was it. And that was all that you thought about because you thought about, oh, I'm going to have a part-time job and I'm going to raise my kids. And in my generation, things have changed massively. Women are now like, okay, well, you don't have to do that. You can have a job or you can raise kids or you can do both. And at the same time, this whole thing of you don't have someone that looks after you anymore. You look after yourself and you can live with somebody and have this amazing partnership with them. But at the same time, you're also an individual. And that never used to really exist for women in the past. And I feel like this huge change is also spurred on this thing where women are, are now coming to a point where they're like, okay, I have a family, I have a husband, I have this, but I also have me as an individual and the person that I'm looking after as well. And that's a huge responsibility to to have your eyes open to and I feel like that's happened to me recently and I can see it happening to so many of my friends that have kids and have families but are also like wanting to be financially independent separate to their spouse and also separate to to um to their family too because at the end of the day although we we walk into everything with this idea of everyone's going to live happily ever after that those things don't always happen and again when I look at those statistics of the US um about 70 percent of women getting to retirement age and not having a cent like that is it's mind-blowing and it's also an indication that there's a lot of women that haven't opened their eyes to that haven't opened their eyes to okay well you have to look after your family your spouse and create this beautiful relationship but at the same time you also have to be financially independent do what do you guys think am i like wrong no 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 i think it's like it goes back to you can relate it back to the, the hierarchy of needs that um, there's one way of looking at things where you need to have the bottom tier, your shelter, your your health, your your water, your air, your food. And you can have that as part of a team. Do you know you can have that as part of a family structure where yeah. where there's one person looking after one role, there's another person looking after the other role, but you both share the benefits. Mm-hmm. But then what happens if something happens to, to one of the people and the skill set's not there for the other person to raise the family or to mm. keep the financial independence. However, yeah. what I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you, is that for men, I think that's always been in, in your framework. Men have always yeah. had that yeah. in their framework. And and so it's not something that you need to learn or open your eyes to. Whereas for women, it hasn't really always yeah, been that's there for us. To, yeah. um, so it's something that and we're waking up to. Not ju- in many cultures. The women don't have to think about that because even I know you're talking about like in the past that's how it was, but there's also still right now lots of women are still in that environment where they they're they are doing the kids thing because they want to do it. That's what they've chosen. Yeah. But and also their culture is telling them to. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then and culturally there's no other choice for them. For some, that yeah. yeah, like you are the responsibility of your husband and. Like if he lets you work, then you work. And, and I know that sounds really harsh to say, but it is the reality of a lot of women. There's a lot of women that I yeah. know that don't work because their husbands don't let them. Um, and so it's it's quite interesting. Sorry, yeah. I digressed a no, lot. No, no, no. Your point is, is very valid because that's where people need to think about the future. Whether they're like full course, 100% flat out on the financial investment track or 5%, at least they're doing something so that 
there's a plan B if something goes wrong in 5, 10, 15 years, that they're not suddenly caught out. Yeah. Like, I mean, you found you lost so much money even in the game, you mm-hmm. know, even doing the thing. You know, how much can you lose when you realize you've been absent and you've just lost all that time? Yeah, so, and, and I think more and more women are taking control, taking back control of their lives, right? And, mm-hmm. and so there's, as, as you said, there's, um, there's a very fast evolution taking place so transformation right the culture is changing very fast um the expectations are changing and i think for women um there's that double burden of you still expected to do everything that you used to do right taking care of the family and and being there and you know taking care of the household etc actually taking care of the family's health too right so we're Mm. saying there's different pillars different responsibilities typically women live longer because they take care of themselves better uh, and they take care of everyone's health and then the finances or maybe the earning part is more from men but I think all of that is changing and what's what's uh, might be difficult is that you're still expected to women are still expected to do what they used to do and then on top of that take care of themselves themselves uh, you know be successful at work yeah etc etc so I think it's uh, it's tough um, um, it, uh, yeah it's 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 a difficult yeah. time but it's an important time and be financially independent when potentially you're you're out of the the field of working yeah. for like five to ten years. Yeah. It's it's a it's a really interesting thing that's happening to women, I think. Um I have no idea what the solution is or or any of that, but at least like opening your eyes to it is a really interesting thing for me personally anyway I don't know if I've shed light for that for you guys but um what's interesting about that too is also uh what we were discussing before is okay so when you do get there what the hell is the point of all of that yeah um yeah so maybe you can I think there's even more I don't know if it's more but there's a very strong reason for uh, a woman to try to reach a certain level of financial independence early and that is to be able to take care and be there for the kids right if that's part of the plan i think it's quite powerful um for me it was a big motivation at least um it's um it's something that i really value is the time i'll be able to spend uh with my kids and now one for now but we'll see how many later um but i think you know it doesn't even have to be reaching financial independence that big number that sometimes talking about 25 times your expected expenses or 30 times or whatever it is um it's really as as you progress on the financial journey as you build safety really as yeah. as you consolidate those foundations you basically have more safety and you can be more confident you can take choices uh, every time more independently from financial constraints what i mean by that is for example um a young woman, you know, um, gets pregnant, um, and her and her husband decide that it's important to spend time with the baby. And maybe they're not all the way to FI, and it's t- typically not the case, uh, you know, that that early. But if they have enough savings, they can make decisions that are the best for themselves um, without having to just. Uh, go back to work as soon as as mm. the boss tells them to, and and be constrained by you know the number of week of, mm. of maternity or paternity leave they have. And well, that one was of them interesting, can take leave, right? right? Take leave for a few months or mm. even a few years. Some some people can afford a few years of, of part time or something. But it, it's it's really empowering to have some savings mm-hmm. and investment working for you because you, you can and take choice. It gives you choice. Choices. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting about what you said is that we're almost both going through this paradigm shift um, is when you were discussing about just about to have a baby and not needing to work. So you were on paternity leave essentially yeah. and not not having two weeks. And what's really interesting is that say f- I'm opening my eyes to becoming like financially independent and you're like, oh, paternity leave. Like I want to spend time with, with my baby. So it's, it's so, it's such a different, like, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> just a different mindset. Yes. Yeah. Well, you've got to do one step at a time, don't you? Like yeah. you, you, it's, it's, it doesn't just happen overnight. You've done very well with the time span that you've had, but um, the people that we've spoken to so far is like, it's it's a long-term plan you know it's a lot it's stay the course so 
I think you can, you have to think about it and maybe women have to think about it a bit more or start to shift and start to factor it in the back of their mind. Yeah, but what's interesting is it gives both genders different, the ability to have different choices. And that's that's the important thing, that you're yeah. going down this route so that you as a, as a male can take as much time off when you yeah. have a baby. And for me as a female that I don't get to like retirement age and become a part of that statistic, that's 70%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but also, I mean, I think, I imagine when you are doing it, you have different motivations at different stages of your life. So at the beginning now, for me, my uh, my motivation for saving was so that I have a buffer if something goes wrong. That was like, my I didn't, yeah. I wasn't thinking about paternity leave or, or 75 years old, just in case of, right, I need to have a safety net if something goes wrong, right. That's the first and foremost thing. So that's my like security there. Yeah. Then that's yeah. And then, and then the next step, the and then the next step, and then. And I imagine the thought process will evolve and change, and you have different motivations, and you'll want to yeah. spend your money on different things. And I think it also like so for me when we have this discussion, it it really solidifies the fact that what this does, what financial independence does, is it gives you the ability to make the right choices for who you are as an individual, as opposed to the choices that you feel um, you need to make because of the responsibilities that you have in your life. And that might be paying rent, paying bills, or living up to other people's expectations or society expectations, that you have the ability to make the choices for you. And and that's really powerful. And that's... Um, these are really important aspects of it. I think you know what what society is expecting of you is probably the um, one of the biggest enemy of financial independence, um, uh, because yeah, the, the the first thing that someone could criticize about what I'm doing is oh, so now what you you retired and you're not gonna do anything for society? And what what you're gonna do? What do you mean you don't you don't work? Right? There's a lot of um, uh, criticism upfront before we have this kind of discussion. It's 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 very much like that. Um, and there was another point, but I guess I, I'll come to it later. No, it's okay. And I just can't remember it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, do you know, when we when we met, we were both talking about the intellectual dark web. So I started doing loads of research. I went down a rabbit hole on the intellectual dark web. Um, and it got me thinking a lot about... Do what you want to just explain, explain? Oh, well, you can explain it a little bit more. Are you talking about the guys... <laughs> Yeah, like Joe Rogan yeah, and uh, yeah. Jordan Sam Peterson, Harris, Sam yeah. Harris. Brett Weinstein, all those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's basically a, a bunch of people having open and honest discussions. Yeah. Jordan Peterson as well. So for anybody who doesn't know, there's a, there's a, they've coined the phrase themselves as a joke. It's not what this, yeah. it's not their actual like team name. They're just a group of intellectuals that have come through university uh, professorships and they've just started conversations through their podcasts. You can search any of the names and you'll start to tap into these guys. They have a very intelligent outlook. They all share different opinions, but the, what they do is they discuss them and they can disagree calmly and politely and they can move on. They can find the common ground and they can find where they disagree. Um, so yeah, just that was just a quick explanation for anybody who doesn't know what that is. And it is a rabbit hole if you start because yeah, they speak about <laughs> really interesting aspects and topics. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that was that was one of the things that I was thinking about is okay. So uh, when when you guys had that simply fi kind of meet up, um, I also met this other woman and she was talking about all of these altruistic uh, legal things that are existing at the moment. Um, in and I, I won't go into to depth with that, but. Uh, into what she wanted to do progressing and moving forward is to really get involved in making making the world a better place and You're actually have to introduce her to me I'm yeah interested. contributing to society and uh, thinking about some of the really really big issues that are existing and that are currently happening um, so they kind of coincide together with okay so now I get to this this place in my life where I'm financially independent and I may choose to to chill by the pool all day or to go and travel or to go and buy a nice car or all of those things or I can also have the option to find some more meaning in my life and contribute to society in a in a I can never say this word philanthropic yeah is that what <laughs> yeah philanthropic yeah. Yes. yeah I think uh, no I was gonna say I, I think um what you the, the thought you just triggered in my mind is those kind of goals in your life, like it's the similar in fitness, but those kind of goals, it's not just I want to make, I want to have a hundred thousand in my bank, um, like that kind of, not short sighted goal, but that medium term side, like okay, a hundred thousand, 
uh, dollars or whatever. That's my goal. That's and that's focused. That's powerful in a sense. But if your goal is so much more than that, then you listen to people online, you meet people, and you see people, and you start to get a, a sense that anything is possible. So why don't I set my standards at boom? I want to change the world. I want to find a way where I can, like Akon is feeding hundreds of thousands of people every year. Do you mm. know, so he's a pop star, he's famous, but he's got all this going on mm. and he's giving electricity. Same, same thing with Tony Robbins. He, yeah, he yeah, Tony, feeds, that's a good one as well. Yeah, yeah, he feeds like half the world as well. Yeah. And I know the the Bill Gates Foundation they do a lot for water and sanitation and yeah, that's a, even. Yeah. A bigger, I think, a very different level. Yeah. But I think if you, let's say you sat down quietly to yourself and you said, I want to be that, then the expense you have coming up this weekend is ir- completely irrelevant. The little savings goal you have is irrelevant mm-hmm. because you need to go way beyond that. So I had a, I have a client in, in the gym who's extremely overweight and she's lost all the weight in the past, busted her ankle, piled it all back on. And she's looking at little weight goals and stuff. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Let's let's try and change this. I want you to write down a list of all the things that you think you can't do. If it's run a marathon, if it's if it's whatever, climb a mountain. And we're, this is going to be the goal. These are the things that are going to get you out of bed in the morning. These, like you want to climb Kilimanjaro. So the weight yeah. is only a small part of what we're trying to do. Yeah. It's not focused on the weight, focused on the weight, because that can get difficult and that gets depressing and then you, you stay in bed and then you oh, you just have a, a meal. All right, no, 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 no. We're, we're go- she wrote down on one of them bungee jumping. So I was like, okay, awesome, I love that. So now if you want to ever do a bungee jump, we need to go, we, everything needs to go. Yeah, yeah, because if she, I mean, if you focus on the negative aspects, right, of the story, which yeah. is here, losing weight, losing weight, then it's not really motivating. Whereas if yeah. you know why you're doing it exactly, and yeah. what's the bigger purpose, um, it it gives yeah if and that that helps you dream about it that gives you you know motivation intrinsically yeah uh, that's that very fire powerful inside mm-hmm. you yeah I'm th- pff, it's not just about me looking good in the mirror or it's not just me about having an, a savings that I can buy a better car mm-hmm. it's like well, I want to go I want to get a job with this charity in this country and I want to change all of these things yeah. so um, yeah, Sebastian I have a question for you so as someone who's who's developed Simply FI, you you started this group, you've also, you're 33 years old and you're like financially independent and kind of retired, like that's ridiculous. So what are you going to do with your life? What's going to bring you meaning? Where are you going next? Um, Because, so the reason I ask this is not to pry, but it's, um, I'm sure a lot of people listening are going to look to you and be like, okay, I want to do that. I want to get to a place where I can do whatever I want with my life. Um, so maybe you can inspire people with what you're going to do next okay Uh, well I have a few ideas I don't know if that's what I'm going to be doing really but um, so first I'm going to take care of my baby um, and spend good time with my wife and my parents Uh, we've been away for a while so um, reconnecting really closely with them being able to spend quality time you know with my dad and my mom and uh, it's not about uh, sitting down for coffee it's about just being with them and doing whatever they're doing with them uh, and, and knowing for knowing them for real and then and then do that with you know within my own little family with my wife and my baby so that's I'd say these are uh, strong ones that that speak to most people um, uh, re- really working on those relationships because in the end that's something that matters a lot <laughs> maybe it's maybe the thing that mastered the most for some people yeah yeah sure um and then there's th- more than that as you said you know, there's a bit of a sense of responsibility um uh, in my case um because it's such a unique position uh, th- there's that but there's also a bit of um uh, sometimes i think that i'm in the position i'm in uh, not only because i deserve it there's there's a lot of external factors that influence me uh to help me get to where i am today um and I don't know if I did that much hard work on top of it, right? I work hard, yes, but there's a lot of reasons why I do work hard. It's probably because I had all of these um, uh, positive inputs in my life, you know, uh, caring parents, uh, a good school, people that encouraged me to, to do the things that in the end I ended up doing and, and discussions with friends um, that helped me, that triggered me into researching certain topics and uh, exploring different things in my life. Uh, and so, and building all of this stuff and, you know, being here today, it's not me looking to share this. It's, you know, it's just you telling me that, hey, let's talk about this stuff. And uh, and I think a lot of things in life happen like that for most people and including me. So being in the position I am in today, I think a big part of that is also luck. Um, 
maybe, maybe all of it, you know, if you really push deep into this and that's a whole different rabbit hole but mm-hmm. uh, Yuval Noah Harari speaks about this <laughs> a little bit uh, in his second book um, but but so that's that's one aspect um, the other aspect is simply very selfish um, like what makes me feel good uh, and I think via Simplify um, and helping those people I realize that that is something that gives me meaning um, um, without having it without it having to be a paid thing right uh, and, and so, yeah, some of the members are asking me and the other organizers, why are you guys doing this? Like, you're not getting paid, what are you getting out of it? I think it's that selfish feeling of feeling good because we're helping. And there's also that part of being recognized for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be different, I think, if it was all completely anonymous, slightly. Um, but the, the, um, the fact that we're helping for free and that that's recognized i think helps uh, yeah it makes me feel very good so that gives me an idea that doing things for others is probably you know what will help me feel um best um and and that's again it's 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 a huge there's many many yeah. options there and, uh, that's and big too because you also you're influencing other people and influencing how they mm-hmm. look at their lives and what they do next yeah. um it's it's big it's yeah. really big yeah. and and I'm lucky that I came across, again, it's, it's, it's luck because it came to me in a way because I'm, I'm, I'm interested, but, you know, uh, even my interest comes from some other, anyway, we don't have to go that way again. Um, I, I came across effective altruism as a movement. Yeah. Um, and that's something um, very powerful in my opinion. Uh, I don't know you if you're familiar that? with it. Yeah, can you explain to, to everyone what that is? So effective altruism is basically... Um, a philosophy or a movement that is looking at how to do good in the most effective way. So using science, reasoning, and evidence, um, uh, it's it's uh, it's about looking at how uh, we can make the world better uh, using the resources we have, the time we have, in the most efficient way. Also, the skills we have, right? So as individuals, um, it's about for some for, for some young people, it's about choosing the right career. So um, when when young students don't know where to go next, but their main, they already have figured that the best, uh, the main, one of the main criteria would be to help make the world a better place. Uh, then effective altruism can help them do that. Um, there's, 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 there's a lot of research on the topics uh, and the different careers they can take, um, and how to really contribute. And that could be by uh, taking a PhD in a very you know, specific topic that will help solve big problems in, 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 in medicine or, uh, or, or in computer engineering and machine learning, etc. Or it could be by, you know, uh, working in specific uh, charity or foundation or some philanthropic um, philanthropic um, organization. Uh, it also helps people like you and me make better decisions because they have a very interesting way of um, a framework for decision making for people who want to do good in their life. Um, to take better, yeah, take, um, give direction to our life. Can you touch way. on that little framework? Like what kind of things are people thinking? Um, so, yeah, um, what, what they use to evaluate what best career would be for, for an individual is something we can use also as individuals um, who are already in a career to decide which way to go. And th- that framework helps, um, helps because it looks at um, different aspects or criteria to basically rate or assess an option. So you can have a lot of different options of what to do next. And so in my case, there's a lot of different options there. Um, and effective altruism says, well, if you want to have a positive impact, you need to go first for um, scale. It needs to be something uh, that can scale and um, and have positive impact. So you look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, then it has to be something that's fairly neglected, where there's not that much effort or resources already allocated because as an individual that's where you're going to make the biggest difference if you're just a drop in the ocean mm-hmm. it might be good and positive but maybe that drop if you put it in a in a glass yeah. which is say another activity there you make a real difference or a bigger difference you know uh, yeah. relatively yeah. to the rest um then there's personal fit um and there was one more uh, tractability how much that that activity actually solves the problem. Uh, so one example is I used to be a consultant in climate change for uh, energy management, uh, sustainability. Ultimately, it was about um, you know, mitigating the effect of climate change or, or, or 
or trying to delay climate change, basically. Um, and in that in that field, um, it's not neglected because there's a lot of resources going in. Scale is massive, right? Because we're talking about the globe, uh, and so every every little improvement will mm -hmm. potentially saves thousands, Everybody, if not yeah. millions, of lives yeah. later, right? In the future, so it really is taking care of the whole planet. So that's that's really important, but it's not neglected. And tractability, how much of each, how much of that, uh, of each increment of effort and resources that we put in there really turns into um, so an reduced carbon emissions or and that is like something that. that still also can be debated um so yeah, i was talking about those three axes and how it helped me um basically assess what i used to do and and as an individual um while my contribution in that activity was positive um it's also something that someone else could be doing um and there's only a limited impact as an individual whereas if i was to work in a different field um uh, and let's say um, mitigation of the risk of nuclear warfare, right? which is something that's neglected today simply because um, people think it's something of the past, but it's real. Uh, and there's a number of other global threats that don't have enough attention or are not getting enough resources. And so if I was to spend my time there, my, my personal contribution would be much higher. Um, and so that's that's one way effective altruism helps you helps individual guides <coughs> where to go. But it doesn't have to be that extreme. It can be in my own field, say, Simplify. So until now, we've been doing mostly face-to-face uh, -face presentations and meetups. And these are very powerful because people are you know, there uh, in person and, and we help them and we teach them one-to-one -one or in groups, etc. And w we, we make progress. But then um, is there a better way to scale that? Yes, there is, right? Uh, are we really making a difference to a certain extent? Is it neglected? Yes, it's massively neglected. Um, so we can again look at those three axes and say, okay, how can I improve on each of those three? Um, and so that's that's a continuous process that we can all apply to, to whatever we're doing when we have a mission, like looking at those axes. Um, and finally, in effective altruism, there's also a big thing around um, charitable donation, right? Also uh, being able to do the right thing, but also making sure that every dollar that you give actually provides benefits that are tangible and efficient. Uh, and the sad truth is that majority of charities don't deliver that much value. Uh, not so much because it goes into overhead, uh, but simply because the project itself it might not be um, the most efficient way of making the world a better place. Now, one quick example, and it's uh, it's 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 a, a tr traditional example here. Uh, it takes about thirty to forty thousand dollars to train a dog that helps the blind walk in the West. So, say in the UK or in Belgium, whatever. Um, but it, it takes maybe a hundred dollars to s to cure a kid in Africa of blindness. Right. So you're talking about the same cause, blindness, and trying to help the world in that direction. Um, and and you can literally help uh, tens and hundreds of people with the same amount of money uh, than mm -hmm. if you had put that money into training one dog that will help one but blind person. Cure. Right? And it's not that one mm. cause is more important than the other, it's just yeah. that there's a more effective way of helping humankind. Yeah. And that is well, one is prevention, question. and then one is uh, like management, really. No, one is curing blindness, so mm -hmm. it's proper, real change on somebody's life, and the other one is helping someone who has blindness that, for whatever reason, can't be cured. Um, so it's really about comparing the options yeah. you have with, yeah. with, with with your resources. So time, uh, money, in the case of charitable donation, but um, yeah. So so that's that's something that's helping me uh, now think about the future and how to spend my time my resources uh, and my charity donations are also now guided by by a framework like that yeah mm -hmm. so you go on i was gonna say and this is this is effective altruism is all about really bringing meaning into your life um and the meaning comes from helping others um and from yeah yeah helping others essentially i think it helps um so at since as at some point i realized that helping others was something that was bringing me meaning then the next question is like, how can I do that better? Um, and it's it's uh, it's a bit of a tricky thing because the reason why it brings me meaning is because it's, you know, it suits my ego a bit, right? Uh, I'm helping others. I'm I'm a good person. I'm recognized for it. But the problem is that in doing good, that is what drives most people's actions, and that's why we have ineffective altruism. Um, uh, and it's not like training that dog is ineffective. Well, yeah. it is ineffective as opposed to. Yeah saving those kids from, from blindness. Um, but there's a lot of sort of altruism that actually does 
bad things yeah right? there are there's a lot of examples of charities that just don't help make the world a better place but money goes there why because then someone can say i've donated for that cause and there's i mean yeah. there's a lot of ego uh, boosting yeah. <laughs> messaging around those things and, and that is in my opinion not bad because it enables to gather fund and to do something good but it's a shame that it's not used more efficiently because you could be having you know a thousand times bigger impact uh, maybe a million times I and mean, in some cases if you go from negative impact to positive that would be already good yeah um it's interesting you say that because i was talking to somebody recently and this is a common thing where people leave um people leave say the f their white collar corporate job and then they because they want they're sick of working at a desk they want to go into helping people so they quit and they jump into the fitness industry whether they become a class instructor or a, or a trainer and you know because that's that's them helping people yeah but what you're describing now is a much more effective altruistic way of helping people if they were to maybe steer those goals possibly take the money that they're earning in their white collar job in their high paid corporate job and then do something like you're describing with it rather than actually taking their time and spending their time on a one-to-one -one or on a one-to-ten basis helping people. Yeah, it's I think it depends on question. your interests, mm -hmm. though. Yeah, yeah. So you want to funnel your interests and this balance, effective, eh? yeah, yeah, effective altruism together. So you mesh. Um, what am I interested in? What gives me meaning? And then take how do I give yourself that kind of foundation, right? Yeah. Mm. So if you can't align what you're doing, then you probably won't do it that much. So, um, I, I mean, your the example you gave is is typical. Um, uh, say the the high, highly paid banker that goes and work for charity in in the field well you know with his salary he could pay for yeah. 10 or, or 20 salaries of someone you know more able to actually do that work um but maybe that gives him meaning and he wouldn't yeah. donate if it wasn't for that meaning that helps him do that so there's a very important component of personal fit yeah um uh, but but it's good to I mean and this personal fit is obviously linked to the ego um, and but it's an important part so it's about understanding that and effective altruism is really saying look if you can put your ego aside a little bit you know think of what else you can be doing and and there's some of those things in some of those options are a lot of those options are things that we wouldn't think of naturally but actually fit us quite well um, but it, it's yeah I think what's really interesting is to be able to trigger the conversation um, uh, and and open yeah open our horizons to, to to more more options and to more ways of doing good if that's what we really want, um, yeah because otherwise yeah maybe staying in the job and donating the difference yeah. would be what works best but a lot of people they say they're going that, yeah. to do that yeah, and then I they don't donate or they do it once and then you know the value drifts because you change your mind and you say oh, now I have some other projects with my money I and think then you don't do good so maybe doing that is pro might be the best way to actually contribute to a better society what, what I was going to say to you uh, just then is that I think sometimes those things are linked to what makes you come alive as well because it's very easy to donate your salary when you're in a very high paid position but at the same time you as an individual is it's a slow death do you know so leaving that and then going into yeah. a different field makes you come alive yeah. as an individual and i think that's really important because i know that essential, yeah. those those things are very they resonate very much with me um i remember doing an internship in BRAC, and BRAC was at the time one of the largest ngos in the world and they're based in bangladesh but no one's heard of them because they don't hire um people from outside in every local community that they're in, they hire people within those communities because they're cheaper and they don't have to pay for security and they know the country and they know the language and they know mm -hmm. everything about that that community. Um, but going there as an outsider makes you feel like like you're a part of something and you're doing something meaningful and makes you as an individual come alive so you care yeah. more for that project. So it's that like, yeah. how do you come alive as an individual, but then how do all so you you channel what you're doing in a positive way that's a lot more effective and it builds um, your empathy right and maybe mm. it builds a side of you that will then can be used later for something bigger right so that we all have a, a unique journey and i think i mean that experience probably helped you do more right just well, having see, been there for sure and for having sure. seen it whereas if you were just uh, in an office donating and maybe helping 10 people do what you did uh, it wouldn't have that impact and it wouldn't give you that that meaning later mm -hmm. so no it's 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 important to also have hands-on um, 
And, and so that's then one of one of my questions is how much hands-on do I want to be? Because right? yeah. I could go back to a consulting job and keep making money and, and donate that. That might be one way for me. Yeah. Uh, but I'm obviously but that's not going to give you saying that no to that right now. Needs. It's mm. not going to tick that happiness box on that pyramid. It, of it, it of could, needs. from a purely ethical, you know, w w emotionless almost perspective. Yeah. If you're um, very analytical, then yeah. you can say the pros look, and cons you know, to I've that. I've helped. I don't know. Save a hundred children this year and so that's probably more than what I would have been able to do on my own yeah say you know yeah any other activity potentially um yeah. but it, it, it takes a lot of effort to really internalize as a in positive emotion as well yeah so as as much as helping directly the stress you're getting from your boss and the stress you're getting from your deadlines mm -hmm. and the stress you're getting from not being able to see your kids and your wife so yeah. yeah so i guess the, the next question there is okay how do you how do you figure out what makes you come alive and do that in a, a an effective altruistic way where you're actually putting your resources into something that is actually scalable and making a difference and at the same time also making you as an individual feel good and give your life meaning and purpose right exactly <laughs> how yeah. but th th that's probably one of the most important questions right mm -hmm. so i'm right there in the middle of that right now mm. and how are you how are you figuring that out what tools are you using to be able to to get to those questions and then be able to find resolutions and answers to those um so as I said earlier, effective altruism gives good guidance for that, some sort of a framework. I think what's also important is um, to just go out there and, and look at what's possible. Um, there's a lot more things that we don't know about that than what we think we know about, yeah. right? Um, so just, I mean, speaking with you guys is me exploring the world and the alternatives. Um, and uh, I'm blessed that I have the time to have meaningful discussions now with lots of people from different industries and background and understanding what you know, what's possible, what it needs, et cetera. Um, and then it's about combining what, yeah, gives me meaning personally or where, where there's a personal fit with some bigger, um, um, some bigger ideas um, or some bigger purpose or, or sense of ethics. Um, and so in, in my case, I think because of um, my background in personal finance, it will probably be around that space um, uh, with the group, um, maybe beyond the group on some other platforms and towards that effective altruism aspect, I think. I mean, uh, one thing that, I'm, that I'm, I'm realizing is if I could help a few more of those people who are reaching a certain level of financial independence to think about things that are a bit more altruistic, right? Not just me saving for my own comfort and then uh, taking holidays on uh, on cruise yeah, every yeah, every yeah. other month and, and, and whatever yeah. and spending it all because I deserve it. Um, uh, if if I can inspire some people to think more in terms of uh, in altruistic terms, yeah. um, you know, first is I'm very happy to help them get to whatever financial independence they want to reach. Uh, and two, I think then we can have a, a, a bigger impact um, as opposed to just me maybe continuing working and donating that difference. Um, so I'm looking at that now as uh, combining the two, um, how to build on those foundations. That's including physical fitness and health and nutrition and mental health and meditation and all yeah. of that. Um, building on those things uh, so that we can go and do something bigger than ourselves. Uh, I think that's that's these are all the elements I'm, I'm playing with at the moment. Mm, they're all really important yeah. topics. Awesome. Sebastian, thank you so much for the amazing discussion today. It's lots of food for thought and lots lots for everyone to to think about and maybe like once they get financially independent and mm -hmm. financially i like the financially fit and yeah, then yeah. like actually fit like physically yeah. um yeah, people can really start well. exploring these these topics and these ideas um, so if if people wanted to get a hold of you sorry you were going to say something no i was going to say it could be a reason why people would want to get financially independent maybe you didn't think about it in this yeah. light in this kind of spotlight before that actually if you can do that you can help more people so if you're a pt yoga instructor a pilates instructor and you're helping a class of 20 people seven hours a day you know put some money aside start saving and start building something bigger and better and really go go yeah. full on with it yeah no that's, that's very powerful yeah it really goes together i mean being more financially fit helps you be phys more physically fit and vice versa yeah. um it's really just these are just building blocks of, of everyone's lives um and 
and they help each yeah. other. Yeah. So where mm -hmm. can people get in touch with you and find you online? Do you have any social media pages or Facebook pages that you want to um, share with people? So the, the easiest is Facebook, but that's just looking for my name and getting in touch directly. We are obviously on the SimplyFI uh, Facebook group. Sp uh, spell your name again for us, if you don't mind. So people can Sebast type it in, because I know we, we don't know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian Aguilar. Uh, a spelling would be long, but S-E-B-A-S-T-I-E-N. That's French spelling. Sure. Aguilar, A-G-U-I-L-A-R. Cool. Um, and but I think if if it's about financial independence, then simplyfi.org sure. or the Simplify uh, Common Sense Personal Finance and Investing Facebook group are good places. Mm -hmm. And then if it's anything to do with effective altruism, just type effective altruism. There's a million things here. Uh, I'm also running the local group um, of effective altruism, so that's another place. Um, On Facebook as well. Uh, there's a Facebook group for the Middle East, yeah, for the okay. UAE. Um, uh, I'm, I'm considering starting uh, maybe a blog or something, but it's yeah, not there yet. For sure. It's not mm -hmm. there yet. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Absolutely. You speak very well. You have a lot to share. People would definitely tune into that. Yeah. Cool, and uh, what I noticed, because we both joined, you joined, right? The Facebook group? The Simply FI? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You guys are really active on it and lots of people ask lots of questions. And yeah. I noticed that you guys are always there to respond and help people out, which is really nice to see. Um, yeah, it's good. Anyway, Sebastian, thank you so well, much for your time today. For we really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, see you guys yeah, see next you week. Bye-bye. See you, bye. -bye. See you, bye.